Hey friends, you're gonna love today's interview. Listen to the end for a very special offer. Is your church ready? Are you ready for reopening? Can you feel it? The country is reopening. Ready for guests to walk through your doors, ready to welcome more people to worship and grow your church. Are you out of space or are your interiors frankly dated and needing improvement? Well, our friends over at Rise Point, they wanna lean in and help you. They wanna help you align your facility with the mission and vision that God has given your church. How do they do that? How do they look at all the guest touch points? Well, that's why RisePoint has developed what they call the needs analysis. The needs analysis is a comprehensive look at your site to seat experience through the lens of first-time guests. It starts with in-person meetings, getting to know your church and evaluating your sign and interior, your branding, flow, and everything. And it culminates in this incredible report. You're going to want to find out more about it. Go to RisePoint, that's with an E, R-I-S-E, P-O-I-N-T-E dot com and click on the needs analysis or simply it's a lot easier. Just go to the needs analysis dot com and let them know that on seminary sent you and you'll get 500 bucks off. How often do you get 500 bucks just for listening to a podcast? Again, that's the needs analysis dot com. This amazing first step tool is going to help you improve to welcome all those guests and upgraded guest experience in this season. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in. You are in for an incredible treat today. I've got my friend Janet Morgan with us. Uh, Janet and I have had a chance to work together for years. And you know, that's not that typical that I get to talk to people who I know like in real life. And so I'm just, I've been excited for this podcast for months and excited to have you on the show, Janet. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Rich. Happy to be here. So pumped to do this. So um, you work at Liquid Church, which is a church I was a part of for years in New Jersey. Uh, Jesus loves Jersey. It's his favorite part of the country. Uh, why don't you tell us about your role there at Liquid Church? Yeah, so I've been working at Liquid for the past nine years uh, as uh, Pastor Tim's executive assistant. <laughs> Nine years? That seems like, for, how is that possible? That's crazy. Yeah, it should be like time seven, like dog years, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Why don't you kind of give us a sense of the uh, your role? Like what? How when someone asks you, what does it mean to be an executive assistant? What does that kind of look like in your relationship there with Tim? What's that look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm. there's a part of it that's just like any other assistant. Um, so I have admin tasks and all of that. But I do get the special privilege of working with Tim and uh, being part of such special events as, you know, the Capital Campaign and, you know, building our broadcast campus to launching books and all sorts of things. So it's been an exciting ride. Yeah, it's so great. Now, uh, one of the things, friends, that you're listening in today, what we're going to be doing is diving into really the relationship between an executive and an executive assistant within a church. And because when you peel back the onion and get behind fast-growing churches, churches that are making a difference, uh, oftentimes you find uh, the super 
women and supermen like Janet who are really holding these things together and helping uh, lead pastors or, you know, kind of key executives in these churches get a lot done and really push the mission forward. And so today we want to talk about something they don't talk about in seminary, which is how do these relationships work? Um, and so we're, that's really what we're going to be diving in. You're going to get a great kind of perspective on this. And I want to give you a little bit of, um, I, you know, maybe a behind the scenes a little bit around uh, liquid before Janet came. So I had the honor to be there when Janet started. And, um, and although, you know, this might seem like it's just context people, I'm just giving context in the like 18 months before Janet started, uh, Tim had had three different executive assistants. Now that's a little crazy. Um, and he would say that himself as if, if he, if he was here, he would say, wow, um, that's not ideal, uh, by any means. And a large part of the reason why here nine years later, uh, Janet continues to work with Tim is, has a lot to do with Janet and her just incredible work with him. And so you're, you're going to learn a lot today, uh, friends. And that really was the first time uh, that from my perspective that Tim had an assistant who actually functioned in that kind of assistant role. So w- when you think about kind of why is it that from your perspective that there do seem to be, you know, that some of this tension or it may not really work very well, or there's a lot of turnover, you know, what would be some of the, maybe some of the problems behind these roles in, you know, in a local church? What, why do these things just maybe st- these roles don't seem to work out sometimes? What's your, what's your thoughts on that, Janet? Yeah, so I think that in ministry, um, having a, a head count is super important. So sometimes mm. the assistant role is probably saved till later when there's more sure. budget. Um, <laughs> but I think oftentimes an assistant gets hired because obviously the pastor, or the executive is overworked, overwhelmed. There's just a lot, right? And so they need a little bit of help. But I find that oftentimes in ministry, um, it's hard to find someone great. So there can be a, an instance where someone with adminish skills get hired or gets, you know, voluntold uh, for that position. And um, there's just no manual for that relationship. And mm. pastors and execs don't know where to start or where to help them. And then EAs just don't know how to read minds all the time. So they're out there trying to learn quick and learn on the fly of, you know, what that relationship should look like and what the work should look like. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, it's interesting, right? It's like this, um, it's almost like there's these, these two kind of confluences of issues coming together where there's executives who are maybe not used to um, managing people in general. And then there are some kind of uniquenesses to managing an executive system because what you're trying to do is actually offload what you're doing. Like you're trying to say, hey, what parts of what I'm doing can I hand off to someone else? And then on the other side, there are people who are in these roles who um, it's like they don't know where to start. There's not, like you say, there's no manual. There's nothing written um, on this. Yeah, I can totally see that. If you get calls from other executive assistants that maybe describe some of those problems, how does that actually work itself out? What would be some of those like either I'm sure you get the like, you won't believe what happened in my church. Again, this is definitely not between you and Tim, but like other other leaders out there, what would be some of those kind of typical ways that that tension might show itself in in these relationships? Yeah, I I get a lot of calls from either uh, the pastors or a lot of the EAs. And a lot of the issue is they just don't know where to start. So it's actually in the beginning Mm. of the relationship oftentimes. And um, a lot of the questions are, what should our routine, our workflow look like? How do we work Mm. together? Um, So I 
I think people just need a little bit of, of a hand of how to walk through what that relationship should look like. And I think the other issue is that in corporate or the marketplace, an assistant position is very much like an entry level job, mm-hmm. except for, you know, as a church and an assistant, it's a high level job oftentimes. And, you know, there's a lot of things you're privy to that, you know, not everyone is aware of that you got to manage. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's that, too. Yeah, there is that. That's absolutely true. That's a great insight that I think a lot of times in a church, the executive assistant to the lead pastor, if that's primarily the role we're talking about, um, they do have like access and information um, at a really wide level about really sensitive issues, you know, whether it's staff issues, whether it's pastoral care issues, whether it's like financial stuff or like, uh, you know, uh, deals or like if contracts and stuff that the, the church might be wrestling with and, and where that may not always be the case in, you know, a marketplace position where it's like kind of at that level, there is a, w- a way that almost executive assistants in a lot of growing churches serve almost like in that chief of staff function. They have, you know, a, a really kind of wide voice. That's interesting. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about uh, advice, you know, executive assistant calls you up and says, Hey, there's some, there's some tension or there's, you know, this just isn't working. What are kind of your, some of your go-to advice to kind of say, Hey, here is some things you should try to get this ball rolling. Maybe you've got, I don't know, three or four things you could say like that, that would kind of get the ball rolling, uh, to say, to kind of get this headed in the right direction. Uh, I don't often get questions like that, but there, I think in that relationship, there are a couple of things that I suggest to a lot of EAs to help mm-hmm. some of that conversation to come out. That way yep. um, there's clarity between the two. Um, there's a lot of things with like the priorities and the goals of um, an executive's work, which totally helps, you know, the EA support those things. And there's just, the communication process between the two and expectations. And when those aren't clear, that sets so much tension between the exec and the EA, but also amongst the staff, because if you can't properly support or properly delegate to your EA, then you're just creating more hardship for each other. (laughs) (laughs) More tension, more bottlenecks, which is not why we're doing this. We're trying to free up uh, communication and make that all better. That's great. Yeah. Well, when you th- when you think about, I kind of let's say at the beginning of, or like you know, an early kind of whether it's a person in transition or whether it's a person that has a brand new EA, um, and you were saying like, hey, we're going to try to take some first steps together, maybe to kind of get to know just to know each other. How could an EA or or it could be an executive pastor, maybe both of them? How could how could you structure some of that kind of initial uh, conversation? What could that look like? Yeah, definitely in the beginning, I think having a few meetings of getting to know each other and, you know, opening up your EA to come with questions would be super helpful and helpful to them. Um, So it's a bit of time to get to know each other. But also, if you have a transition with your previous EA, it's always good to connect the two to help some of that transition and sharing of information um, is is so positive. And I think it's also helpful if your EA can also meet with other members of the team that you yourself work with or that they will work with as well, because then you can understand the work dynamics and the relationships better. And then your EA should have a better idea of how to 
manage those people relationships in a positive way that's effective and productive. Oh, I, lo- I love that idea, like of of saying, "Hey, let's let's have the EA meet with a, with different people that interface with the executive, and and do a little fact finding, get to know each other. Hey, what you know? How can we make your life easier? Um, can you think of uh, in your own role where um, that kind of engagement with the people that would engage with Tim, how that's been helpful for you as you've uh, you know done the work that you do? Yeah, so Tim works very closely with our creative team, and he himself is so creative. So there is a great relationship between the two. Um, But oftentimes it's, you know, deadline related, right, for whether it's weekend services or just an event that we're doing and Tim needs certain things. So um, I, I help that relationship by if there's something coming down the pipeline, I know ahead of time to give them a heads up. That way they Mm -hmm. can try to plan their work week or their projects Mm -hmm. to have the proper bandwidth to support Tim. And then, you know, and I try my best to check in with the team too, because the better relationship I have with them, I know how to, you know, hopefully serve them better too, because the more the positive the relationship and working dynamics are, then, you know, everyone's happier. And so, you know, it helps the work relationships on, on each end. Nice. So I, one of the, my observations of you and of just great assistance in general is it, there's like this weird superpower that you have around being able to just like catch balls that are falling. Like, it's like, it's like, I get to have this picture of like a magician that like, see, there's like, you don't even see the ball there. They put their hand out there and they catch it. Um, and it's, it's like, that's a part of what you're doing in your engagement with Tim as you kind of um, try to anticipate, try to think through, hmm. So how do you develop that skill? How do you do that as an executive existent? How do you, how do you, is that, or are you just like, you have superpowers, you like got injected with a serum and you're a mutant. How does that work? How do you, how do you do that? <laughs> I wish, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> um, nice. No, I, I think it helps to be a quick learner and just to be mm. a learner. Um, yep. But I found that uh, observing a lot is super helpful. Just Mm. Kind of almost studying Tim, I guess, right? Um, seeing how he does his like writing, how he, I love how he loves to appreciate people. So then I know ahead of time after we do a big event, he's going to want to thank people. So mm-hmm. I prepare a list of folks that I know have been working hard. So I know better to anticipate what he wants. Um, what else? Well, I love that idea. What you outlined there—that the—that um, you're really trying to understand the why. So, like using the example. So, Tim, for anybody that has, you know, and I'm not sure this is the case with lots of lead pastors, but he really does love to appreciate folks. And I love that you're saying, "Oh, hey, I want to think ahead and actually think of more people that he, that that then he would probably have the bandwidth to be thinking about." Because he shows up to an event and he sees, you know, whatever, 25 people, but there's 100 people who help make that thing happen. And so, yeah, you can do some work behind the scenes to really observe. Anything else that you found on the observation front to say, you know, uh, to, to try to learn the, the person you're working with? How, how have you been able to kind of exercise that mu- muscle? Um, I also, like in the shadowing, I attend a lot of meetings with Tim. And Mm -hmm. it also is helpful for me to learn what is happening in the different projects that he has his hand in. And um, I then from those meetings, I understand what he's looking for when someone's trying to walk through a problem or a 
or if they need approval for something. And so then oftentimes people will come to me before a meeting with Tim sometimes, Hey, what do you think of my presentation or, or a pitch? Um, And then I give them a few pointers of, Oh no, if you do this, this will help explain your vision to Tim and help him understand better what you're trying to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, friends, that what what you just heard Janet describe there, what a gift to Tim and to the church. That's a great example of how, hey, you're trying to help uh, a leader within the church engage with Tim in a way that's appropriate. But then frankly, you're also helping Tim by saying, hey, you know, I, I, I've heard Tim ask the same question four times in these kinds of presentations. It would be good for you to think about that, that question or whatever that is uh, to help uh, you know, and then, wow, what a gift to them. Oh yeah. I hadn't really thought of that. And, um, you know, you're, you're helping provide this great kind of leadership, uh, insight into the organization. So uh, maybe if we talk about the other side of the equation, so from your perspective as an assistant, one of the things I, um, have seen time and again is people, it's like, they don't know what to do with an assistant. So from the executive point of view, it might be like, great, somebody told me I'm supposed to hire an EA. So I've hired this EA. I have no idea what to do. What would be some of those things? Maybe it's like the way they think, or it's, you know, it's, you know, how do I as a leader start restructuring my life to really work better uh, with an assistant? Yeah. So I think when you hire an assistant, you can kind of approach it in two ways. Do you want an assistant that is purely like straightforward, an assistant where they're just doing your expense reports, maybe calendaring and some correspondence? But I would actually want to challenge our execs that are listening and our lead pastors of thinking of it in a different perspective. Like, what if you actually poured into this person that is important to your work life? and leverage their skill set that you hire them for. And I think if you look at it in a different way, um, you're potentially empowering someone and growing their own leadership skills to then potentially be a growing leader within your organization. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Tim has, I just appreciate my relationship with Tim, where I feel like in the beginning, it was, it felt like a very supportive assistant role, dynamic. And then in a few years later, our working relationship has gotten closer and just, I think we just knew what to expect from each other. And so Mm -hmm. it felt more like a partnership after we got to know each other better. And from that, you know, I think Tim really has a trust in our relationship and the work I do. And so he's empowered me and has given me permission to do all sorts of things at Liquid. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think I've gotten a unique and special perspective and opportunity to be part of all those little things and big things that God is doing here. Mm-hmm. So again, friends, I hope you just listen to that. The thing I want to challenge leaders, I would say this from, you know, from my seat, I think, um, and I, I don't know if this is overstating it. You should push back on this, Janet, if this is not correct, but I, I think there can be this notion of like, um, there's like this old school idea about like being a, you know, like, I got a secretary, like I got somebody who like sits outside my, my office door and they chew gum and twiddle and then wait to like type stuff up. 
And that's not what we're talking about here. That's not that. It's it's a much more that may be a part of it. Well, not the chewing gum part. That you know, right, there might be administrative tasks within it. But if that's all you've got in your mind, I think as a leader, you're missing a huge opportunity to really extend your leadership and to extend your influence uh, through a partner who can help you push this ball forward. Is that the kind of thing you're thinking of is trying to like, Hey, really think differently about who that person is. Yeah. Um, so over like, this is a good example. A couple years, uh, several years ago, um, a coworker and I started a staff culture team and it happened so or- organically and it wasn't like I got permission from Tim. It just kind of happened. And, <laughs> but he totally supported it, which is great. Um, but it just, I, I had that space that he allowed me to do those things and for as an assistant to be part of, you know, caring for our staff. I, I see it even on a next level where that's an extension of Tim. Like I see my role as an extension of Tim of representing his care for the staff as well. So, you know, I think what assistance can provide is super important. Yeah, absolutely. That's I love that. And I love the way you've positioned yourself in the within the leadership of Liquid is exactly that. It's like, hey, we're trying to extend, you know, it's it's not I think the other kind of maybe negative mindset or maybe help me understand this, pull this apart in my brain. I think sometimes people think of or executives will think of this as like, I need to hire someone to frankly be just a gatekeeper. Like I need someone who will beat back the masses. And so I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> um, but but that's not I, that's not the vibe I get off you. You're more like, hey, I want to try to figure out how, how can we extend Tim's influence and have him connect with more people? H- help me wrestle through that. So I'd say again, secretary, bad mindset, yeah. uh, gatekeeper, or not bad, maybe just incomplete, gatekeeper incomplete. Help me think about that a little bit differently. Yeah, I think gatekeep, I I think part of my job is gatekeeping, but that, you know, I think sometimes there's a negative perspective that just feels too black and white and that you're just blocking the door kind of thing. Yes. (laughs) Um, Wait, I lost my train of thought. No, it's fine. It's about gatekeeping that you're, you know, that that you're just like sitting at the door. It's like you're the person who's there saying like, no, 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 you can't talk, Uh, you know, creating this. um, I'll give you an example. So I was at a church. This is years ago. Very large church. You maybe not. People probably haven't heard of it, but it's a very large church. And this particular church, they had all their staff in open concept, an open concept uh, office and it was like this one giant room but then on the far end of the of the open room was the lead pastor's office and they were the only person that had a, a door to their office which was so already right like you're setting up all kinds of great dynamics right and then up hanging from the ceiling of this and there's i don't know a hundred people in this room hanging from the ceiling was white noise generators so it was like you walked into like this c-suite um, <laughs> Yeah, it was like a very like, oh, be very quiet. Everyone be very quiet. And then literally sitting out in front of uh, this lead pastor, it was a guy, shocker, like obviously it was a guy who would do that, was was a gatekeeper. And and that person's job was like, I'm going to stop people coming from in. That That's not my impression of you or even how you've structured your relationship. It's more like, hey, we want to create openness. Uh, uh, any more thoughts on that? Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, my role is an executive assistant to the lead pastor, but I like to see my role as, you know, I'm an assistant to Tim, but I heart is to just serve everyone at our organization, whether that is our staff or members of our congregation. So, you know, I take that role very seriously of how I want to represent myself and also, you know, on behalf of Tim and, and Liquid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so my heart is just to kind of be there or be available for anyone and everyone. So I love it when people come actually to my office and hang out outside of Tim's office <laughs> to see me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, which yes. I appreciate because I think sometimes EA's, um, it's such a lonely island sometimes because you're so close to the executive level that people might assume, oh, well, we don't want to talk to her or him because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the pastor's assistant, you know. <laughs> so I appreciate when people feel comfortable and also trust me to come talk to me, whether, you know, it's related to Tim or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Well, this is so good. I, again, there's so much we could talk about. There's so many conversations we could have. In fact, actually, we're going to be having, uh, we have an upcoming workshop on June 2nd, which is designed for um, executives, doesn't need to be lead pastor, but executive leaders within a church, it probably most likely would be lead pastors, but maybe an XP or someone who has an assistant and their assistant to come together. uh, And we're really going to dive into five conversations. And these are things that uh, that you believe that we believe are like essential conversations that you've got to have these. These are like critical, critical, critical uh, for executives and executive assistants to have. Can you give us an overview of uh, of them so we get a, a better sense of what these these conversations are that we need to be having? Yeah, so these are like five uh, topic conversations that I believe should help kind of foster the working relationship between the EA and the executive. And it's anything from talking through priorities and goals to rules and filters and personal preferences to what is the communication rhythm and expectations for the role. Love it. So yeah, this is, I'm excited for this because it'll be a couple hours long and it really will, will be designed so that we'll set up like a teaching portion where it's like, Hey, this is why this is important. Here's some framework. Uh, but then actually to punt it back to you, uh, to actually have the conversation so we can, we're kind of, it's like a guided discussion, which I think will be just so helpful for so many leaders. So you might be out there today and thinking, Hmm, like maybe things, maybe things are going great with you and your assistant, this would be a great tune up for that. Or maybe you're like, Oh, there's a few areas we could improve. This could be fantastic for that. Or maybe you're even considering getting an assistant. This would be a great way to start and say, Hey, let's come to this, to this conversation, because I think you'll get a good framework of how to um, kind of, you know, dig into that. Maybe we could dig into one of those just to kind of get a little bit of a, a better sense. Like let's, you, you talked about priorities. What, what, what do you mean when you say priorities? What, how, what should we be thinking about when we're, we're, we're communicating about priorities with our assistant? Yeah. So I think priorities or goals are important to talk through. And I think there's also um, different seasons where your priorities will change. So you can have a 2021 goal, but then there could be specifics through each season of life. Um, one like real life example is at Liquid, uh, obviously like many others in the country are trying to reopen and relaunch our church mm-hmm. and campuses. And so in this current season, I know that Tim's got meetings and things he needs to focus on to help those things. So knowing that my goal is to help him prioritize his time. So if there's requests for external meetings um, or projects that aren't relevant to that, um, I will make, you know, my suggestion to Tim, hey, this is probably not a good time and your bandwidth that week is, you know, capacity. So, you know, my suggestion is, can we push this off to later in the fall or revisit this project? Um, That way, then he can focus on what he can focus on 
and, you know, so my goals support his goals. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's amazing how um, all relationships at their core and friends, I know you know this, this is one of those things. It's like a mirror I'm reflecting back to you, but like, uh, it's shocking how many relationships go sideways over the issue of just missed expectations. And in this case, it's like goals. It's like, no, actually, this thing that we're working on right now is so important. It's the it's the leading thing. And that doesn't mean that like nothing else is important. In fact, I was I was in a conversation recently with Tim um, around this reopening stuff. And I said this to him afterwards. I, th- I thought he did just a masterful job articulating a pretty difficult thing, which is, yeah, we, we actually want to prioritize this area, which means therefore other things are not going to get worked on, but that doesn't mean they're not important. That doesn't mean that, that, Hey, we don't like them or we don't. It's like, so many times I think in church leadership, we're in this weird, like absolutist, like if it's not the most important thing, we're not, it's not important, but it's important to have those conversations, to cultivate that, to make what is internal, external. And that's, that's vigorous leadership for us as as individuals. It's it takes a little bit to to get to that kind of clarity. So yeah, I love that. I love the idea of, uh, and that's just one of the kinds of conversations we're going to be having on uh, on this day. So really looking forward to that. Again, you can look in the show notes. We'll have links and all that. Hey friends, just need to break in here for a quick sec. Uh, listen, this EA and executive workshop, we're really looking forward to it, but we got the date wrong when we're recording this. The date of this is going to be June 23rd. Super pumped about that. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes for more information, but it's June 23rd at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's 12 noon for our friends on the Pacific uh, Coast. All right, friends, let's get back with the rest of the interview. Janet, uh, anything else you'd like to share? Any kind of words of encouragement or, you know, maybe challenge to either executive pastor or executive leaders or uh, to EAs as we kind of look to land this plane? Um, I mean, I'm I'm available to help if people want to reach out. Um, Perfect. So you can perf- send them my email. <laughs> yeah. What is your email if we my, want to uh, if want to give that? So my email is Janet, J-A-N-N-E-T at liquidchurch.com. And I'm always excited to meet new EAs. So, you know, and or if pastors want to, you know, reach out too, I'm totally helpful. That's great. Janet, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thanks for what you do. Um, Liquid's an incredible church, and a big part of that is because of your leadership with Tim. So thank you uh, for being a part of that. And thank, and we look forward to this uh, workshop coming up on June 2nd. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.